Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm so excited to be connecting with you in extra time this week, and this might be the second to last episode of this that I'm doing. The schedule for Bachelor in Paradise is next week is the final week of regular episodes where we'll find out who gets engaged, who stays together. So of course, I will be recapping that. And then the following week, they're doing a one night episode for After the Final Rose, and I haven't decided if I'm going to recap that. It really just depends what happens during that episode. If I feel like I have something to share that's not just like a bunch of celebrity or reality TV gossip, then I will do a bonus episode. But if it feels a little bit more gossipy, then I will let you listen to all the million other Bachelor recap podcasts that are out there. So in today's episode, as always, I'm going to talk about a few situationships, then I'm going to share some patriarchy roses, and then I'm going to share some moments I'm here for. And then finally, we will wrap up with a few episodes of my own podcast that really relate to a lot of the themes that are coming up in this week's episode. So this isn't just fun celebrity gossip, but really an opportunity for you to get some insight into your own life and where you can learn and attract healthier and better quality relationships. So I'm going to start this episode a little bit backwards, and I want to talk about Dean first. So if you're watching the episode, you know that this is the very last moment and the second episode on Tuesday night. And I really just want to talk about this first, because honestly, of all of the situationships in this week's in this week of episodes, this excites me the most. I really loved Dean in this scene. I totally believed him. I think he wasn't just like shooting a bunch of shit. I don't think that he was just playing out some rom-com that he has seen before. Unlike Blake, we'll talk about that in a second. 
So just to give you a quick recap, last week in the bonus recap episode, I talked a little bit more about Dean and how I think he left Kaylin because of some of his inner child issues, specifically around losing his mom and then his dad, then not really dealing with his grief and retreating back into or retreating away from quote unquote real life and not really able to deeply connect with his children or other people and kind of just living his life as a loner. And I think Dean realized after he left Kaylin that he was very much following that same path. And like most people, we don't want to end up like our parents. I mean, I shouldn't say most people. I hear that a lot, that we don't end up like our parents. And I'm just wondering if Dean had this reckoning where he was like, oh, crap, I am acting just like my dad. I really did have a lot of feelings for Kaylin and I want to see what is there. And so he flew back to paradise and he shaved his mustache off, which I appreciated. I just could not get over the mustache. I thought he looked so charming. I thought it was a little weird. He was dressed in all black considering that it's probably like 110 degrees on that beach, but I thought he looked really handsome. And I think he said some things that were really insightful. He said, you know, I keep waiting until I'm perfect until basically, I think he was basically saying, I think he was basically saying until he was healed or didn't do this stuff anymore to find love. But if he kept doing that, then he was going to be a single forever. And I thought that was really insightful. I think he's totally right. I think that he is finally taking responsibility for cleaning up his side of the street. I think he was worried about Kaylin's side of the street and how she's going to feel and what's going to happen to her. But in every relationship, everyone has to take 100% responsibility for their 50%. So once you start cleaning up the other person's side of the street, then that's when trouble happens, whether you're just making decisions for them and it feels a little controlling or not fair, or it's more of like a people-pleasing situation and you're trying to fix their problems for them, no matter how you're cleaning the other person's side of the street, it's not a good situation. It's not really going to create a healthy, sustainable relationship. And I think that Dean finally realized that. He said he drove to the Grand Canyon. I have no idea if he had a call or two with a therapist, but I really believe that something clicked. I don't know exactly what clicked, but I'm really happy. I really think that Kaylin is going to say yes to him. I think that they have a lot of chemistry. I think they really do care about each other. And Demi actually said something that was really insightful after Dean arrived. And she said, well, I think that Kaylin was really just projecting her feelings for Dean onto Connor, which is the new guy who came after Dean. And she was saying, oh, I'm so in love, blah, blah, blah. And really, I think she was just taking the feelings she felt for Dylan and putting it onto Connor. And um, yeah, so I hope that they end up together. And I'm really excited. And I think that this was just a really beautiful example of what it looks like or what it can look like when you do the deeper work, when you start taking responsibility for your own emotions, your own actions, and really start looking at why do you do the things that you do? What are the patterns? Nothing happens by accident. And I truly believe that human behavior is 100% predictable. And so I think that if you're able to have this level of insight and have this level of awareness, then you can really have some of these really mature, beautiful conversations that can lead either to a beautiful parting of two people, realizing that it's not meant to be, or it can lead to a really beautiful beginning of a relationship that is deep and connected. So I don't have much to say about that because it was a pretty short scene. I might have some more to share next week after we see officially what Kaylin does. And of course, maybe after the final rose, we'll learn more about their relationship. But I have to say, I'm really excited for them. I thought Dean looked really good in this scene. I think he's definitely redeemed himself some from 
kind of shitty behavior from a couple years ago on Bachelor in Paradise, and I just really, really loved it. And yeah, that's all I have to say. Okay, so the next big situationship, I'm going to hop back to the beginning of the first of the two episodes, which is when Angela came onto the beach. Now, there is like so much back and forth here, so I'm just going to try to be super succinct here because, again, I'm not giving play-by-play recaps. If you want that kind of podcast, this is not that. So you can listen to another Bachelor recap podcast. But really quickly, Clay and Angela dated before Bachelor in Paradise. This has nothing to do with Bachelor in Paradise. They said they broke up three months before. Filming of Bachelor in Paradise is in June, so I assume they broke up around March. They dated the eight months before that. It seemed to be fairly serious. And then Clay went on to Bachelor in Paradise. It was a little iffy as to whether or not he was fully over Angela, if he was really emotionally ready to be potentially engaged to someone else or seriously dating someone else. Nonetheless, he was there and he met Nicole. And Nicole and him hit it off fairly early, a few bumps in the road, but basically they're still together and seem to be doing well. Angela was a bridesmaid at a Bachelor in Paradise wedding that the whole cast was at last week. And so that started the process of Clay feeling thrown off. And he's not really admitting how he feels, but I think it's very obvious how he feels. And I'm going to get into that in a second. After the wedding, Angela then shows up on the beach. And so now here she is in Bachelor in Paradise and Clay is not happy about it. Now, there are a few things that I want to point out here that I just think are either difficult or something that we can learn from. So first, I just want to point out that this is not a quote unquote normal situation, not that reality TV is a normal situation. But it really sucks to have to be around your ex to see them dating, to see each other dating, and especially if there seems to be some miscommunication or some unresolved feelings, and it seems to be in this case between Clay and Angela, it just really sucks. It sucks for all of them, and honestly, I think Angela has handled it beautifully. I think Clay has handled it okay. He could have been better, but he was okay. And so I want to just talk about a few things. So it becomes very obvious that Clay broke up with Angela in the form of, I just need some space. He didn't make the NFL draft or however the hell NFL works. He didn't make a team. He got cut. And obviously that's going to be really devastating to someone who is pursuing an NFL dream or really any big dream and to get cut like that. So instead of being in the relationship with Angela and allowing her probably to console him and to comfort him. He just pushed her away and he said he needed space to figure things out. It really sounds to me from their conversation in this episode that it was not a clear like, I don't want to be with you. I'm not feeling this or whatever. And it seems like that that conversation never even happened weeks or months after the initial, I just need some space. Or it's not you, it's me type of thing. And here's the thing about breakups. It's really, really hard to break someone's heart. It's really hard to reject them. Breakups are hard no matter what. Obviously, they're hard if you get dumped. I mean, it sucks. That goes without saying. But they're also really hard to be the dumper. And I just want to emphasize here that if you want to break up with someone, whether it's after one date or one year or 10 years or whatever it is, It might be nice to say, oh, I just need some time or it's me and not you, you know, that kind of bullshit breakup jargon that we hear all the time. That might be nice, right? You might feel like 
I'm going to let them down easy. I'm going to be easy on their emotions. The kind thing to do, however, is to tell them actually what is true. And if the truth is, I just don't feel it anymore, or I don't see our two lives going together anymore, or we want different things, then that needs to be said. Will it hurt more initially? Probably, but in the long run, it's going to hurt them a lot less because you are super clear and not stringing them along. For all we know, Angela thought that maybe there was some hope in getting back together, but in their conversation that they had on the beach, it was really obvious that Clay had very different ambitions and goals than Angela did. Angela was very clear that she wanted to be a wife and be a mother, and that seems to be a really big part of her life plan. And Clay wasn't clear that that wasn't what he wanted, but it sounded like he wanted something more, at least for right now. And so their lives just weren't lining up. And that's totally fine. That's totally legitimate. That doesn't make either one of them a bad person. It just means they want different things. But it it seems to me that Clay was not super clear on why he was really breaking up with her. And to me, that's really too bad. And I think that sucks. And I definitely felt sorry for Angela in that moment. And I don't know what was up with Clay, honestly, because he has a really good reputation. He's seen as like the bachelor teddy bear, super sweet, a really healthy representation of masculine energy. I do believe all of that kind of stuff. But this was just, you know, a really, this was just a disappointment when I just saw how that breakup really went down. And I kind of actually thought that Annalise had a really good point in the first episode when she questioned Clay as to whether or not he should be here in Bachelor in Paradise. At first, I thought she was kind of sticking her nose in other people's business. And yeah, maybe she was, but it seems like she did definitely know some stuff that the viewers didn't know. And it seems like maybe it wasn't exactly the right call for him to be here. Here's the other thing. I definitely think that Clay has some unresolved feelings for Angela. He was just so fixated on like, why is she here? What is she doing? Like, what is, why is she doing this to me? I didn't sign up for this. He's just so fixated on this. And now, of course, I know that there's editing and producing and all of that kind of stuff. But also, you can't really hide human reactions. And I think that he has some feelings for her still. And I think that a lot of times we think that if we can just run, then we can run from our feelings like, oh, I'm going to run to get back on Tinder. I'm going to run to get into this other relationship or I'm going to run to this new city or whatever it is. Or in Clay's case, I'm going to run to Bachelor in Paradise. Thing is, is that time does not heal all wounds. Time does not heal heartbreak. Even if you're the one breaking up with someone, there's still some element of heartbreak. There's still some element of loss and what it could have been and what you had hoped for it to have been at the beginning of the relationship. And just thinking that you can go stick another person in there into that void and think that you're going to be over the person is just plain false. It's just not even true. You actually have to do the deeper work in order to actually move on from the relationship, heal from the relationship, not to mention learn and and grow from the relationship. And it's very obvious to me that Clay hasn't done that. In a lot of ways, it seems like Angela has done that more than Clay because Angela's like, dude, I'm fine. I'm just dating other people having fun. Whereas we really see Clay, who's the one who is kind of just breaking down, freaking out, really fixated on why is she here? What is, why is she doing this to me? 
Now, if you're in my Love Action Tribe, I have a bonus training on this five steps to get over your ex. And if you're not in the Love Action Tribe, I'll be opening up the door soon so you can um, get access to that mini course. And if, and if you want a resource now, then make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode where I will give you some resources on this podcast where I talk about how to actually get over an ex. Okay. The third situation ship that I want to dive into is this whole Christina and Blake thing. So this is just so hilarious to me. Again, I'm not going to get into all of the Blake drama. He has been at the center of the drama, especially towards the beginning of the season. And really since the first few episodes, production has really shown him to be like this sad, mopey guy who's kind of lonely and all the women tell him all their problems and he's just like the guy kind of single, kind of alone. No one really seems to be into him and he's just sad and why is this happening to me? And not that I'm laughing at his misery. It's just kind of funny the way production has produced him on the show. And anyways, we won't get into that. But basically, Blake has burned a lot of bridges with a lot of women on the show. And so he hasn't had any romantic connections. And the women that he hasn't technically burned a bridge with don't really seem to be that interested in him because there's not a lot of trust, which is completely understandable. And this whole time, Christina and Blake have been quote unquote, best friends. And they and, and the reason why they're both still on the show is because they keep giving each other friendship roses. And in fact, last week, Blake did kind of have a connection with a woman named Caitlin. And he had said, I'm definitely going to give you my rose. And then five minutes later, Christina went to go talk to him, manipulate. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say manipulate him, but basically talk to him and course him into him giving her a rose as a friendship rose. So somehow she was able to do that. And props to her. That's amazing that she was able to get Blake to change his brain in this decision from definitely giving it to this girl, Caitlin, that I really like to giving it to someone who is a quote unquote friend. Anyways, so production is showing Blake being really sad and being really mopey. And this is not what I wanted paradise to be. And we're getting towards the end. I haven't met anyone like boo hoo. And then all of a sudden he has like this revelation of like, oh my God, the person's been right in front of me the whole time. I can't stop thinking about her. We drive each other crazy, but we love each other. And it's Christina. He has to go confess his love for Christina. And the whole thing was just so funny because she was so skeptical. She was just like, why are you doing this? Why do you want to? Are you just saying this because you want a rose? If you want a rose, just tell me you want a friendship rose and I'll consider it. And the thing about Blake here is, look, I'm sure that there have been some feelings in the past because we know that they have slept together and they've had some on and off things. So obviously there's some sort of emotion, but it was just so obvious to me that this was just really falling in love with the idea of someone. He was so attached to meeting someone in paradise. And when he realizes that that's getting less and less likely to happen, he's like, I need to make someone something happen. I need to put someone in that spot that's going to allow me to have this thing that I deeply desired. Some of the lines even that he said to Christina, he said, one thing he said was, once you see 
what you want in your life. Like you just have to go for it. You or you don't want to wait any longer. I'm totally butchering that line, but that is literally a line from when Harry met Sally, which is like this whole friendship turn into love thing. So he's just playing out some rom coms that he's seen. Whereas Dean made this big romantic gesture, but you can really just tell he's speaking from the heart and he really did a lot of introspection and a lot of reflection on his self and his behaviors and his pattern and his life and his parents, I'm sure, and all that stuff. And he comes back and it's believable. Whereas Blake is saying all of this stuff to Christina and it's just not believable. It just seems like, what are you saying, dude? Like, this is such crap. And I think, well, not think, but I know that even Christina is like, dude, what is this? And he's just repeating lines from movies that he's seen. And so here's the thing. It's really easy to look at this and be like, oh, gosh, poor Blake. He's so pathetic. This is so ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is that we do this all the time. And so I want you to be aware if you're doing it now or if you've done it in the past or just be aware or mindful of it if you find yourself maybe doing this in the future, which is putting someone into basically a role that you want them to play. So maybe you have a really strong attachment to I want to be married by a certain age or I want to be married within the next two years, or I really want to have a child and da 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 da, or I really want to meet someone in person, or I really want to meet someone on this particular app or from this particular church or this particular whatever it is. And the thing is, is that when we do that, we're really walking around with kind of rose-colored glasses, but also some blinders, a little bit of both. And we're not really available for how we really feel. We're not really available for how the other person really feels. And we're not really available for what a relationship actually is outside of the fantasy of our own head. So yeah, this is totally ridiculous. Production made a whole thing of it, and they kind of edited it in a really hilarious way. So if you haven't watched this episode, you should definitely go watch this episode because it's really funny how production edited it when Blake realized that Christina was the one. But I just want you to be mindful of this when you're doing this in your own life because it's actually really common. I mean, I did this all the time too. I had a really strong attachment to wanting to meet my person, the person that I was going to marry in college. I was really attached to it. My older sister had met her now husband, I think their sophomore year of college. They had this really sweet romantic relationship while they were in college. They got engaged, I think maybe the summer after college and then married the summer after that. And I was just like, yes, that is perfect. That is so what I want. And so I was just so attached to that happening. And as a result, I kind of hung out with a lot of people that I kind I regret. I really wanted not only to meet someone in college and have that person be my husband, but I also really wanted them to be Jewish. And so as a result, I would hang out at the Jewish fraternity all the time, especially freshman and sophomore year. And I was just always hanging out there. The guys, some guys were nice, but most of the guys were total jerks. And looking back, I totally regret spending so much time there because I could have been meeting a lot of other people or spending my time just in other ways besides hanging out with some Jewish frat boys all of college. And the thing is, is that I can even remember freshman or sophomore year of college or so walking back to my dorm and I was just thinking, man, like, which one of those guys is going to be my husband? I have to make one of them my husband. Like I can literally remember thinking that because I was so attached to wanting to meet my partner in college. And I was also very attached to the person being Jewish. And that was obviously very limiting my choices because there's only like a thousand Jewish people in total at UNC. But it was also really limiting my experience and my ability to really be emotionally available to myself and to the relationship that I want. So just notice if you're doing that in your own life. Okay, 
One more thing actually that I'm going to mention in the situationship part of this episode is Dylan made a very quick comment and I want to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to talk too much about JBJ, Haley, and Taisha. I talked a lot about them in the bonus episode last week and really nothing has changed. And so Dylan made a quick comment in his interview with producers and he said, Basically, that JPJ was just acting like this because his emotions were so strong for Tasha. It's a quick moment, and if you're running to grab a glass of wine, you might have missed this comment. And I just want to talk about it because this comment was fucked up. It was really, really messed up. And the reason why it was messed up, it was because it was playing along this whole idea of boys will be boys. And I have seen this so often where... I get DMs or emails from women saying, well, you know, he did da 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 da. And it's just, he just got really, he just got really out of hand because he's just so passionate about a relationship or about me or whatever it is. And that is a big fat no, no, that is just not okay. People have to be able to take responsibility for their emotions. And it's totally fine that JPJ feels so strongly for Tasha. He's allowed to feel like that. And Tasha seems freaking awesome. If I was a dude, I'd probably be really into Tasha as well. But to justify poor behavior, to justify sexist behavior, to justify behavior that is just not cool in a post Me Too era by, oh, he just has really strong emotions and he can't help himself. No, no, thank you. That is bullshit. And I think that comment is super dangerous. I don't know if Dylan has said anything about that on Twitter or Instagram. I kind of doubt it because he like posts tweets and stuff with Luke or whatever from Hannah's season. But that comment was just not cool. And I want you to be really aware in your relationship if you ever are in a relationship with a man specifically who kind of makes excuses for shitty behavior and their excuses are, well, I just felt really passionate or I was just really upset in the moment or whatever. Boys will be boys is an old school belief. It is, it is hurtful to men and definitely women. And it's hurtful to, I think, our society and what we believe relationships are supposed to look and feel like. Okay. So those are the situationships, and now we're going to hop into some patriarchy roses. So like last week, JPJ is definitely getting a patriarchy rose this week for thinking he knows what's best for Tasha. Again, not going to go into it. I talked about it a lot on last week's episode, so feel free to listen to that bonus episode if you want to learn a little bit more about why his behavior was so shitty. I'm also going to go ahead and give Clay a patriarchy rose, not because he didn't communicate well to Angela when they broke up because that happens. We also don't know exactly what happened because it was not within the context of Bachelor in Paradise. But I'm going to give him a patriarchy rose because I think that he was first, he did a few things. First thing that he did is he was just so upset of like, why is Angela doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? Clay is not the Bachelor. This is not his season. This is Bachelor in Paradise, and it's the nature of the show where there's a lot of different men and women here, and the show is not more about one person than the other. And so to think that someone is doing this for to you and is making you a victim, I think that has a lot of patriarchal tones. I think that that has a lot of tones around, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is someone making my life harder? And when it's coming from a man, I just think that it has a really, really not good look. He also said something in the conversation with Angela that I didn't mention before, which I don't know if I'm going to give a patriarchy rose for, but it is a little bit weird. 
He said that he wanted them to have more shared ambitions. And one thing that he mentioned to Angela is that he wanted her to come to the gym with him. And she was like, you go to the gym for four hours. And he's like, well, not the whole time. And when you think about someone like Clay, whose job is to go to the gym, because that's in line with his career, it's like, do I have to go to work with Stevie and like see him do all the engineer stuff that he does to validate him? Like, no, like I have my own goals and ambitions. And I assume Angela does as well. And so I think to assume that like, a woman is supposed to drop everything and make your goals and ambitions more important than hers or everything revolve around him. I just think that has a bad look. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a patriarchy rose. I don't know if that's what he meant or if that's the direction he was coming from, but I didn't like it. And so I'm going to go ahead and give him a rose. I'm also going to give Dylan a patriarchy rose because of that comment around justifying JPJ's truly poor behavior based on just how he felt and how in love he was with Tasha. Not a good look, not cool, and that's not how love works and men's poor behavior, really anyone's poor behavior, especially especially men towards women, cannot be justified because, oh, they're just so in love. This is 2019. Okay, so some moments I'm here for. I'm really here for the editing of Sydney and Matt Donald's kiss when they when they finally had their kiss and there was just all these cuts to all this different film around like crowds clapping and like the lion roaring. It was so funny. We don't really see that kind of stuff. Even with Bachelor in Paradise being a little bit more of a comedy than the regular Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons, like that was a lot of editing. It was so hilarious. And they did a similar thing for when Bray... And they did a similar thing for when Blake realized his love for Christina. And I just thought all of that was hilarious. I was totally here for it. I wish the regular Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons had a little bit more of a comic effect like this, but they don't. So I will take it when I can get it in Bachelor in Paradise. Another moment I am here for was Demi's face when Haley was talking to JPJ and Haley did a great job of putting JPJ in his place. He was a total asshole to her. He was not communicating with her how he felt. It's very clear to me that he was likely stringing her along to save himself for the rose ceremony since the women had the roses that week. I didn't talk about this too much in the situationship section of this podcast, mostly because it's kind of the same stuff. JBJ was kind of an asshole. Don't really have much to say about it. But it was really funny when Haley was putting him in his place and Demi's faces in the background were just golden. They were so funny. She, she is just the best and I really adore her. So let's wrap this episode up. I'm going to share a few episodes that I think will help you to really integrate and implement a lot of the lessons that I was talking about in this episode into your life. The first episode I recommend you listen to is episode 111, Three Relationships You're Confusing with Love. And the reason why I'm giving this episode is because of the whole Blake thing and falling in love with the idea of Christina and the idea of meeting someone in Bachelor in Paradise. It's very easy to think that you're feeling love when in fact it's other stuff going on. So that episode, I think, is really helpful. Episode 137, getting out of the on-again, off-again relationship with Nadia. That's really just about breakups and making them clean and how to do the healing work to actually move on from a relationship. So that will really help if the whole Angela, Nicole, Clay debacle resonated with you. And another episode that I think is really powerful around breakups is an episode with my friend Norma, and that is called The Life-Changing Power of a Target 
parking lot, breakups, and meditation. It's episode 142, and I think you're really going to like that if you want to hear a little bit more about breakups, especially really devastating breakups that just really tear your heart out. Norma gets really personal in talking about her divorce, and I think it's really going to be helpful if you're going through a breakup or have had really hard breakups in the past. And then finally, episode 177, How to Not Get So Attached to New Relationships with Andre Ann. In this episode, I coach Andre Ann as to why she's getting really attached. And I think this is really helpful, especially when you're watching these kinds of shows where people just get really attached to the idea of someone or just have rose colored glasses on or whatever it is. And so if you want to remove those glasses and date from a place of a more unbiased perspective and a place from a deeper sense of knowing rather than like, I need this, I need your love, I need your approval or attention and validation or whatever it is, you're really going to like those episodes. So these episodes are all in the show notes and you can also find them by just going to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode and then fill in the number. So the episodes are episode 111, 137, 142, and 177. All right, my dears, that's all I've got for you in this week's bonus episode of the Love Life Connection. I will see you next week for a regular episode of the Love Life Connection. We are talking all about how to manifest your partner. And then I have another bonus episode for you next week, and it might be the last one, but we will see depending on how after the final rose episode goes. Until then, talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.